Hey everyone, welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, so we are watching the entire Fast and Furious franchise a quarter hour at a time. I'm your co-host, Zach Pacetta. I'm Vito Lapicola. Vroom, vroom, bitches, it's Anthony Rave. Enthusiastic as always. Holy shit. We're back. Where have we been? Listen, listen to that zeal that he's been? got for us coming back. He's so excited. Uh, he almost got some emotion. Which is funny face. because it was really him spurring this uh, this reu- this reunion of many. Really, dude. Yes. I I made a Google event for for Google Calendar. You guys, like, I, we can't leave reason, this franchise hanging. That's no. the thing. We kind of we started a mission and we're gonna finish it. There's a, there's a tenth movie coming, guys. Maybe is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> at um, this point, I don't know. I heard I, I've heard replaced, things. Uh, Justin Lin. They found. Did you guys read about that? That they want Louis Leterrier to uh, to replace Justin Lin for Fast Ten. So apparently, who is he? Who would that? He be? Did the Incredible He's Hulk? The guy, and yeah. The now you see me movies. He he did oh. the uh, the Incredible the Hulk movie for. For uh, Universal. Sorry, I got a text message and I turned He's that off. Out. You know, it's like we were saying, you know, when we were talking earlier, it's like I think without Justin Lin, like I know Vin Diesel's still there, but you're losing a lot of the creative cohesion. I'd say you're losing 95% of the creative I mean, cohesion. Chris Morgan's gone. Justin yeah. Lin's gone. Uh, Paul Walker's gone. You know, not to mention when a movie is they were shooting for like two or three weeks. So think about the amount of pre-production that has to go into two movies that are that big. And so hiring a director to step in. I mean, look at what happened with the solo movie. You know, there are some who love it and some who hate it. But I would say that most of us would agree that it was just a middling kind of movie. And uh, I fear that having a guy who has no involvement in the franchise whatsoever to step in three weeks into two movies and to take over is that is a recipe for disaster and God bless them for trying because like that is, you know, one of the 40 laws of power is never step into a a powerful man's shoes. And it's like, you never want to be the one who follows the guy who made the franchise what it is and then decided to walk away. No, you're never going to live up to like that hype. It's just impossible. Yeah. Hey, did you guys see the the video of of Vin Diesel and and Justin Lin? Yes. Like, wasn't that uncomfortable? Yeah. Like, there's so Zach. There's this video. Apparently, they call it getting dieseled. Or like some people say you get vinned, and some people said you get dieseled. But apparently, I'm I'm not joking. That sounds like sexual euphemisms. But basically, he pops up on TikTok or on Instagram, and he'll like show up yeah. on an actor unannounced and be like, "Hey, we're live in front of 30 million people," and and like he did that to Justin Lin, and it's so because he's like, "So, what do you yeah. think? You make it fast ten? You think it's going to be a be good the best?" And the, Justin yeah, Lin's all worried looking, and he's like. I mean, I hope it will be. He sounds so defeated. Yeah, and he's it, like, yeah. in my heart, I want it to be good. And Vin's <laughs> like, whoa! And like walks off. You heard it here first. Yeah, he yeah. Was, it was some earth-shattering. Justin reluctantly wants it to be good. Like, 
Justin Lin has this look on his face. He literally looks like it, a deer in headlights where he's like, I have no idea. What's, you could tell he was just struggling. It, was, it, it looks was like a hostage sad. situation. It, yeah. it does. <laughs> it, it looks like he's like sitting there just like, you know, and like Vin Diesel's like, whoa, like this could be the best <laughs> in the franchise ever, right? And Justin Lin's like. 90s Vin Diesel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the best. We're having a lot of fun, guys. We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> well, could could we could we argue that part seven is kind of the last of the? But hey, before it, I had to take it. You want to call quits? Like after seven? Like I'm fine. We don't have to do eight. We don't have to do well, nine. We're we certainly not going to do that. But I think to a degree, <laughs> this one is kind of a. I don't know what to call it. You know, it's, it's not the logical it's, conclusion. It's End of a chat. Yeah. It's the logical conclusion. Well, it's, 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 this is, yeah, eight and nine are like what I would call like the Force Awakens, where it's like, they're like, we need to make some sequels. And they're like, somehow there's another Empire, and somehow there's another Darth Vader, and somehow there's somebody else who has the Force. It's like they're forcing them to, to, to be there. And like, I certainly wasn't a big fan of eight. But nine made eight look like a brilliant masterpiece, and I think ten and eleven are going to make nine and eight look like. I, I mean, I I don't know what's going to happen, but like they clearly. And Anthony, you haven't seen this movie, but by the end of the film, I think you're going to go. For me, the fast franchise is over. Like it 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 feels like a definitive ending, and I don't want to spoil anything, but like it's just weird. Well, do you do you recall? where the story is uh, where we left off i don't know if there was a big uh, amount of narrative in the first half hour but i didn't go back to check uh no <laughs> I, I didn't either but there is a little distance between the last episode we we recorded that we didn't release and this episode um between then i have not watched the movies i have not re-watched <laughs> what where we were okay. at um, what I remember is I remember enjoying it. I remember there was some really interesting scenes uh, early on with the action. Um, I remember thinking that Jason Statham was crushing it and doing great. Um, right, Dexter was the main bad guy. Yeah, and, and I was really vibing with that. Um, I remember enjoying it for the most part. Uh, I turned it on to the 30-minute uh, mark, and there was like a, a car battle where you know we'll, we'll get to that but it's just like i don't oh, yeah. remember any of the setup to get us here also Hobbs um, has recruited his his best friend in the world vin diesel and his crew mm-hmm. uh to go capture deckard because right. i guess they know now that he air quotes killed han um however brian has stayed behind right he didn't want to get involved. Well, I, there's. I'm taking your word for it. I don't remember. <laughs> they're at because they're at Han's funeral. I just like, haven't decided yet. We're, we're great uh, expert podcast hosts. Uh, really doing our homework here. Yeah. But we had plenty of time to watch <laughs> the first thirty minutes over, and we were like, "Nah, we'll just we'll just jump right in like Anthony. We'll just wing it." We'll just wing it. <laughs> and, and we were wondering uh, why Han would have had his funeral in Los Angeles, but here we are. Um, and Dom was, he, he saw the car at the funeral, right? Remember? Because uh, he was, 
I can't remember. No, this was not the one where he was at a distance. But anyway, he sees the car and he he, he gives chase. He starts chasing this this car. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at. He had an instinct. Right. He had his he had his nos sense because he just yes. sees a car moving through the through the through the the. He sensed the, danger. Yeah, and he's like, "This there, there's it's just a random car going through the cemetery." And it could like, have been just any person visiting their freaking relative. Yeah, right. It's just some Korean couple who are like, why you chase us down? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they go under a bridge and into this underground area, well, Dom does, to confront this car, who it turns out is being driven by Deckard Shaw. And he's in his car, but now he's facing Dom so they can rev menacingly at each other. Then they go directly into a game of chicken, and since it's in their contracts that neither of them can show vulnerability, they crash head on into each other. Well, no they, one they do, they, they do kind of act like they're sore, like Jason Statham kind of cracks his neck and, you know, uh, Dom kind of uh, does that with his shoulders. Like, oh, yeah, like you're getting out of bed. But that's, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's like, I slept on a hard mattress. Mm. Like <laughs> any, anybody who has lived in LA doesn't consider that to have even been a hard car, hard car crash. But like the, the, these two cars hit so hard. That in reality, both of the men, even wearing seatbelts, would have flown through into each other's cars out the out the windows. I mean, they should be completely dead, and they're both like, "Yeah, whatever." Like, there's yeah. there's no harm, dude. I was All in a minor. Oh, dude, I, I was sitting at a stop sign in a car, and and a and a truck hit us from behind. Well, not a truck. It was like a regular car hit us at about thirty miles an hour, and my neck hurt so bad that it's been 30 years and it still hasn't healed properly. These two get out of the car like nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, I they're mean, not bleeding. There's there's no sign of of injury between either guy. And uh Deckard tells Dom that you never should have messed with a man's family. To which Dom retorts, I told your brother the same thing. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, and uh, also Dom quickly and conveniently notices that Shaw reinforced the chassis of his car. So there was at least the narrative reason why they weren't blown to smithereens. But I love the, but, but was Dom's chassis? Uh, he, the, the, he implies that, that he was cowardly for doing that. So like Dom's car wasn't. So why wasn't he comically? Well, because his body is reinforced. That's true. Yeah, his that's personal great. chassis. He's also He's wearing, wearing his, plot armor. His, yeah, and he's wearing his father's uh, necklace, so I, I assume that's got powers. You know what I find weird about this scene? The comically large fans. Did you guys notice that? There, no. there are these, like, these fans. There are, like, three fans above them that are, like, shining. Or they're, they're throwing, like, weird shadows on them. And they're, like, 150 feet across. And I'm like, where are they? Where, where are they in L.A. where they have right. these huge fans over an underpass? Because like they were sense. clearly downtown, you know, when they yeah. were driving. But yeah, the, it's a mystery as to where that underground is. As you guys go back and watch that, you will be like, Jesus Christ, these fans are fucking huge. They're, they look like the helicarrier fans. Like, and they're all over the place on the background. And I'm like, what is this area? Like, where are they? We'll have to do some research. I don't know. Figure it out. Sure. Dom, sure we will. Dom pulls out. What's that? I said, sure we will. Oh yes, we'll get we'll get right on it. Well, yeah, uh, Tom we'll, pulls out a we'll sledge. Have our interns. I thought that was you. Fuck you. Our That's interns mean. all quit during COVID. Yes, yeah. yes. 
couldn't afford to keep him. Wish we could have an intern. Be nice. Old Dom pulls out a sledgehammer. Shaw pulls out a gun. Before he can shoot, though, some paratrooper dudes rappel down shooting at him. Oh, Shoot dude, you you're miss- missing like a fucking awesome line. Yeah, well, well I-, I love I love the fact that he does that. And the first thing that popped into my mind was just like a wop to bring a sledgehammer to a gunfight. Remember that from uh, from the Untouchables? Yeah. To bring it. Never mind. Am I the only one who's seen this movie? Never no, I've seen Untouchables. Right. Now, uh, but uh, Shaw says you thought this was going to be a street fight, and the way they said that was just really like badass. Like that was a badass line. Just dude, yeah. It's like as cheesy as this is. Like there's a there's. I don't know. It's it's great. There's some sense of it being grounded too. I don't know. Like maybe that's not even the right word, but it doesn't come off as like irritating. It's like still kind of cool. Yeah. It, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't jokey. Like it was like serious. Like it was just a, a really well yeah. delivered line. If it like, was the, if it was Hobbs, he would have been like, oh, I bet your penis hurts or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I bet you had sex. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Your dick hurt, Dom. Does God. it? It should. What what, did, what does he call that one agent in uh, the Fast and the Furious ride at Universal Studios? Like, I think he calls him like Cookie Puss or something like that. That's so. It right. been like, yeah, it would have been like, oh, Cookie Puss. Like, you know, you thought this was going to be a street fight or something like that. But like, yeah. Jason Statham just really delivered that line with like menace and also like he's very good. Yeah, he's no. he's always been way better than the material that he's had, unless he's been in like a Guy Ritchie movie. But um, no. it's it's it is funny to think that that this this man is like the the anti James Bond. I mean, he's like an internationally renowned secret agent, and Dom's like, I'll bring a sledgehammer. Uh, really? <laughs> That's your weapon of choice with a with a man who has an it's... arsenal at his disposal. I'm gonna hit the bullets like a bat. we'll see that eventually in this series i'm sure i'm sure we will i have no idea what to expect uh shaw makes a run for it and a black suv pulls up kurt russell gets out looking all fbi this is the first we've seen of kurt russell yes yes yeah Dom attacks the soldiers, snagging one in a headlock while Kurt tells everyone to just calm down. Kurt tells, what's that? That, That's that's another funny thing. It's like you just got surrounded by what apparently is the government. And his first reaction is to swing a sledgehammer at the the first man with an AK-47 or whatever. He's surrounded by these guys. The other thing that I think is really funny is that like these guys had to have shown up early set up their repelling gear and waited exactly until wait until he pulls the gun, make it dramatic. Like as soon as he pulls the gun, they're like, God, shh. and they, but they, they could have just caught him in the time that it took them to repel that. They could have just well, come in and sort like, they were, they were waiting on the SUV. Maybe the repeller got the paratroopers were already there, but they're like, man, where the fuck is Kurt Russell? <laughs> His SUVs on the way. They told us to make a dramatic. Damn it. <laughs> I told you guys to stand down, and you're gonna stand down. That was a yes. terrible Kurt Russell. It's not bad. It's they're, a they're kind of it's not good. They're they're kind of setting him up as like like a Nick Fury like kind yeah. of figure, 
of like, I know everything and I'm behind everything and I recruit everyone and everything like that. Um, and all I kept thinking about when I was watching it was like, look, if they didn't go the Samuel L. Jackson, like ultimate, uh, you know, Avengers comics route, like Kurt Russell would have made like a really good, like old school Nick Fury. Yes, he would Because like, the thing like before like they they kind of changed the nick fury character he was kind of suave and very like you know kind of like he charismatic like he wasn't like like the hard-ass badass that you know samuel L. jackson plays him as Mm -hmm. um and i was just like dude like that would have been really cool to see especially you know with like a movie that's doing the multiverse stuff um he would have made a really good Nick Fury, but we never got it. He played another character in the Marvel universe, but I got major Nick Fury vibes from this character. And I think like if they're ever going to do another crossover or if they're ever going to do a crossover with another franchise, like I know that they've been talking about like, um, like Jurassic park recently, which I don't think would be a good fit. That'd be terrible. Crossover with like, what? Like a, a crossover. Yeah, crossover movie. Fast and the Furious. Yeah, like that was like a rumor that was going around like around the time Nine came out because they're both owned by Universal. Stop the dinosaurs. Yep, that is. I'm not pulling this out of my ass, guys. Like I will show you articles that people were talking about this. This was. I don't know if it was like legitimately like discussed, but I'm gonna make you a a head saurosaurus. You want to know? You want to know why Blue? Loves her Velociraptor daughter because she's family. I can identify with this Velociraptor. Let's go kick some dino ass. Now nah, Chris Pratt shows up and he's just like, "Don't move! Don't move! Their their eyesight is based on movement." And uh, I was like, you know, "So is mine." Where did you yeah. go? <laughs> He'd be the only person in the franchise to wrestle and beat a Velociraptor. They'd show up yeah. and he'd have his knee on its neck and he'd be like, "What took you so long?" But there, there have been talks about doing some kind of crossover. I mean, there was talks about G.I. Joe, you know, and and Transformers and stuff like that. If Transformers works. Yeah, Transformers well, would definitely work. Yes, on paper. I'm just... You know, that's a whole other fundamental problem with that is though, it's just like most with most franchises, the reason why I have such an issue with like, Hobbs and Shaw having a character that's enhanced and has superpowers is that the, sh- the series hasn't done that the entire time. So when you introduce it, it's a jarring change of genre for something. But, yeah. But have, have we not had several conversations on this very podcast that the fast and furious world does have access to like kind of wacky technology, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean sort of, the the, the the harpoon guns and the whatever the other wacky yeah. Mr. Gadget or Inspector Gadget kind of devices. Yeah, I mean, how, how come, I, I mean, then it beggars the question, like when you watch Dom and Letty on vacation, why she's never like, hey, Dom, why don't we go see that island with dinosaurs? Like, well, I mean, you, look, you don't think anybody would be talking about that shit in this world if it was there? Okay, well, if, if the Jurassic Park ever gets introduced to this can and we can have that conversation look but, I, I i i didn't want to derail this like my, my point was like bringing up the the mr nobody character like i could totally see that character showing up like a post-credit scene like going like you know like hey like dom uh meet the team that we're gonna use to to solve the dinosaur crisis that's happening 
and then you know like chris pratt like shows up with freaking you know uh what's her name um bryce dallas howard yeah. dallas howard. howard yeah and it's just like dun, dun, dun. and then that that would like open the door like and it's a stupid door and we shouldn't go through it but I'm saying, like, they would use that character in that way. I'm 100% sure. certain oh, that yeah. that's what they would sure, do. Absolutely. And he gets. And that was my point. That was my point. We'll see more of that as, as it goes. Uh, do you guys remember in True Lies that Charlton Heston played a character? He was the boss of the organization, and he wears an eye patch. He's very clearly based on the old school Nick Fury. Um, yeah. I just rewatched True, True Lies recently, and I was like, holy shit, they're S.H.I.E.L.D. He just didn't have yeah. the rights to shield, so we made them something else. And then the other thing uh, that had to do with crossovers, uh, did you guys know that they were going to cross over Men in Black with the 21 Jump Street fan franchise? Which I think would have worked perfectly. I think that would have been a great crossover. It would have been funny, but again, like when you smash genres like that, all, all of a sudden it just takes me out of the movie. You know what I but mean? But the entire, yeah, I mean, I, not to deviate too much but like the entire 21 jump street movie franchise is about like smashing genres and like subverting them those movies are hilarious yeah oh i love them and and i think it would be great like if those two cops just stumbled into like the whole men in black like alien world i think it would have been great and uh they had a script written for it and i hear that the script is really good and everybody was excited about doing it and it's for some reason it just kind of fell through I, I would love to see that I, I would love to see that more than uh, another men in black sequel or spinoff but yeah anyways back to the franchise i wouldn't be super interested in any of them but what i was gonna say is that i think that uh kurt russell's character is kind of the only place that because with each of these movies you got to get more and more heightened and they'd already gotten to the government because Hobbs is a government agent, but now they're with the dark government, the ones that people don't really know about. Yeah, they're like the deep state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As Kurt tells Dom that he's there on the recommendation, recommendation of a mutual friend, Mr. Hobbs, and he introduces himself as Mr. Nobody. So he's got one of those uh, deep throat names. As cheesy as it sounds, he really does pull that off. Like Kurt Russell is one of those performers, like anybody else saying they're Mr. Nobody, it would seem cheesy, but he just somehow has the panache to. uh, And he's the first of the kind of, I don't even know if stunt casting is the right word, but like an established, like old school actor appearing in this series. Right. And so, I mean, like they've always been kind of good at, you know, we'll get to the Helen Mirrens and the whatevers later, but uh, yeah, he is an actor who can take something that's in the realm of cheese. I mean, we've seen it in his own films and handle it very well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He convinces Dom to release the soldier and the sound of police sirens can be uh, heard in the distance. And I thought that was another nice touch because it indicates that they are not affiliated with the local police. Like they're a yeah. separate entity altogether. He's like, here they come. Yeah, you got a choice to make. Uh, Mr. Nobody says that Dom and his team unwittingly walked into the middle of a war between ghosts and shadows when they were in London with uh, Owen Shaw and all that business. Uh, Kurt heads back to his, well, Mr. Nobody heads back to his SUV, leaving Dom to decide whether he wants to come along or wait for the cops. 
We then go to a co. Yeah. What's did up? you did you notice the line? There, there's a line in there where Vin is like, "You just let him. You just let Deckard Shaw get away." And I was like, "You guys had the place surrounded. How the fuck did he get out of there?" First of all, second of all, have you ever noticed in a lot of films, most films that you watch, the villain there there will be a chase scene. The villain will knock the hero down and run off, and then the guy just stares off as if the guy got away. It's like he's like 50 feet away. Keep going. They always let the villain get away for some reason. But then at the end of this, after all of this happens, he's like, by the way, I can get you, Deckard Shaw. And it's like, isn't that why you were there in the first place? Like, why did what was with this dramatic drop down from the sky if you weren't there to catch Deckard Shaw? Like, why didn't they chase him? Well, could it yeah. not fly? Go on, Anthony, sorry. Uh, the thought I had while watching this scene was just like, why, why don't you guys help? then like why don't you guys help dom get shaw because shaw is a pest like shaw is creating ca uh chaos and, and problems too so it'd be in your best interest well, to help the person him. that you're trying yeah. to recruit yeah well, could it not and, imply that there's a bigger that he's part of a bigger scheme of things and that maybe shaw has to lead them to another Bigger fish, maybe. Another MacGuffin. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the rest of the movie. So maybe well, I'm that's just I'm, that... I'm not giving anything away. Oh, I'm just okay. hypothesizing. To but yeah, to me, but it's just like why why what's the incentive for Dom to join the crew? Like a good incentive would be like, hey, we well, helped you. That's what we're gonna find out, young oh. Anthony. Because we okay. go to a covert operations base in El Segundo, California, where Mr. Nobody offers Dom a Belgian ale. Of course, Dom is more of a Corona guy. Luckily, nobody has a nice bucket of Coronas waiting for him. They are set up to, to lure Dom in. That's his incentive. I just happen to have this bucket of Coronas. I saw the first one. Find this storage unit right here. That's right. Find this power generator. I just imagine like the little stick in the box trap with like, you know, a Corona <laughs> and a string and just, you know, Dom starts <laughs> crawling towards it. We got him, guys. We got him. <laughs> If you get if you take care of this mission, there's more of these. There's a lifetime supply of Coronas in it for you. Uh, nobody says that Deckard is a master of getting in and out of places without being seen. He's a legitimate English badass, but he doesn't care about Shaw. It's Dom he wants because Dom can get him what they both need, and this only confuses Anthony more. <laughs> what True. is really going on? Well, that's that's because. Honestly, if you think about it, like, why would the deep state need to hire some hood rat who works on cars to go in? It's like, you have all the intel. Just go do it. Like, it's like they want him to die so they could save their own people. Well, right. does it, did they say anything about, like, plausible deniability? Like, you know, like, kind of. It's implied, well, I guess. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, we'll send these guys to do our, our, our dirty work so we won't get in trouble if shit goes south but they're a dark department anyway you know mr yeah. nobody's group but apparently what they need is a hacker by the name of ramsey who's been kidnapped by a private military company led by a wanted terrorist named mose yakande as opposed to the unwanted kind of terrorist <laughs> just some just some guy sitting off on an island somewhere, like, how come they never come after me? I've done some really heinous shit. There's only, uh, you know, 10 spots on the list, and you're number 11, sorry. 
every terrorist out there wants to be wanted. That's right. Mm. It's a human. It's a human need. But you see, the government is concerned because Ramsey has invented something called God's Eye, software that can hack into anything that's on the digital network. Every cell phone, satellite, ATM machine, and computer can be accessed with uh, this tiny piece of software. Stolen yeah. directly from person of interest, by the way. That's exactly what the software and person of interest does. It came out six years before. Oh, well, really? I, I mean, first? yeah. They, it was also like similar to the Dark Knight, like the program that Bruce Wayne created. Oh, yeah. Where it, yeah. But his only he did chose cell not. phones, Anthony. Yeah, you know, this one's Batman. He could have figured it out how to. Only one third of the of 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 the other stuff because they had to go bigger. But yeah, that's 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 the idea of the of the AI and in, in person of interest is that it's able to use everything that it's watching and calculate the possible outcomes of like terrorist attacks or murders and stuff like that. And that's how they're using it as a predictive program in order to stop future evil, basically. And it gets yeah. stolen. Yeah. And in another instance, I think of how these Fast and Furious movies are able to weave in these sort of more ridiculous ideas, you know, just because you got to, again, you got to make it something bigger than the last thing, something more elaborate. And now it's just like, oh, it can access any piece of equipment anywhere. Is it? Is it so... uh so unbelievable people at home google echelon all, all of you conspiracy theorists out there google echelon and then come back and let me know all right for, for for political reasons the u.s government can't send a rescue mission so you are correct anthony and so of course dom is the next best thing dom's reluctant reluctant hero he asks why does he need mr nobody Nobody says basically basically says that Shaw is too smart for him and he just needs help. He Dom needs help to stop him. He's like, eh, he can do this, he can do that. He gets in and out of places. I mean, you saw that he got away when we had him surrounded in the last scene, right? I mean, he's sneaky. You clearly need some help. Uh, nobody says the way to kill a shadow is to shed a little light on it. Again, so silly, but so good. He says that if Dom retrieves the God's eye, he's been given clearance to use it until he finds Shaw. If Dom gets Ramsey, he gets the God's eye, he gets Shaw, and presumably revenge for Han, I guess is the implication. Which which is even stranger now that we know future oh. events. It's like oh, why nobody mention. Eh, we'll, we'll get into that later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole conversation. I, I can tell you what exactly what happened to the for with the people who wrote nine. They did exactly what we did and didn't watch the, the stuff per se. So they're just like, what happens if this happens? And people were like, I guess that makes sense. I, yeah, but we're not paying. getting paid. Right. Yeah. Would be my would argument. Be nice. <laughs> yeah. No. The, guy, the writer's like, this doesn't make any sense. And they're like, we're going to give you $2 million. I'll make it make sense. <laughs> Or don't and just give me the two million. Apparently, right. is what happened. Dom says he's in, but it's going to be his way and his crew. Of course, nobody's already got everyone there, and they pull up right on time as Anthony rolls his eyes internally. <laughs> 
in, intelligence set. What's that, Vito? Oh, no. I, I was just thinking about how it, it really is to all these shadow organizations. It's it's like their appearance is more important than the objective because he just happens to be like, by the way, and your crew is pulling up right now. It's like he tied so the conversation. Off, uh, just, no, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, I would love, that, that would be great to see one of those where Mr. Nobody's like, and here they – you guys, you have to fucking pull up when I say that. Yeah, and here yeah, they yeah. – where are the cars? Guys, guys you're, you're ruining the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like the timing of this is so hilarious to me. Uh, it would have been great if, like, you know, Mr. Nobody had to check his phone. Like, I, I okay, their ETA just changed. I, I guess they got caught up in traffic. They'll be here. Like, guys, why are you using Google Maps? I specifically said Waze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you cannot use Google Maps in LA. It has to be Waze. Intelligence says that Ramsey will be transported by armored motorcade through the Caucasus Mountains. Yeah, sure. Some Let's mountains. go with that. Yeah. If they clear the range, that's it. Game over. We cut to the crew discussing the plan, and Roman is in the middle of explaining how this plan is the stupidest one they've come up with yet. I'm telling and you, I, go on. I, I, I said, and uh, I, I wrote in my notes while I was watching it, just wait until the zombie cars or the cliff jumping Tarzan bullshit that's going to come up in, in eight and nine. Like, it's, But I, I, I love Roman as sort of this weird voice of reason in the the canon you know like it's yeah once it's, it's movie nonsense but he points it out in a i don't know no like he, he does it, it's it's like as meta as this franchise gets like right right and it's it's amusing but it's still um, balancing it well here i think yeah yeah it's just kind of like almost like he does like a complete recap like of the previous like situations (laughs) and it's like yeah you said it's it's movie nonsense it's like not appropriate it's just specifically there to like hey remind like hey guys you know audience remember all the crazy shit we did before like it's gonna get even crazier yeah it's you know, first yeah, we it's, rob, it's you know, first we uh rob a drug dealer, then we rob a bank, <laughs> then yeah. all these Did you guys notice though that that Rome he comes up with a plan that he doesn't really have. He's he's basically bullshitting his way through it just to impress that eight that shepherd guy next to him to make Shepard look stupid. Shepard's like the only smart person in the entire movie. He's like, but how are we supposed to? And he's like, Man, I'm a leader. That's how okay, I guess he's right. Because I, I first thought I liked that Brian made a reference to his and Roman's high school prom, just a nice little no niece, there. Denise. What is yeah, that? What the f- yeah, what, what what's high school is again? that? He abused yeah, but... a handicapped woman. <laughs> that's, oh, that's yeah. So I'm not saying it was a good joke. <laughs> I just yeah, I mean, like a woman without knees is going to have a hard time walking. So she was either on crutches or in a wheelchair, and Rome took advantage of this poor girl. He's he's a monster. But yeah. just before you got to your point, Vito, I just wanted to. Roman says that if he doesn't start to get making some decision, if he doesn't start to get making, I can't get this sentence out. If he doesn't get to start making decisions, he is done. And Dom asked him what his plan would be. Roman points to a spot on the map where he thinks they should attack. And literally, he doesn't really point. He just randomly goes, here. 
And so uh, is, is Shepard the soldier? Shepard's the soldier. Yeah, Shepard's the soldier who's like, you want us to get, this is like that's the most. Literally the worst point. place to hit. Right. And Rome's like, that's what leaders do, is put themselves into compromising positions. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense, Rome. And, and even Mr. Nobody is like, it's a really stupid idea. I like it. Good luck, yeah, guys. Right. Walk into your inevitable deaths. I'll see you later. And he leaves the room. Well, Ro- yeah, Roman says it's perfect because it's inaccessible. And Dom and Nobody say it's completely wrong thinking and they love it. They yeah, love it, you know. Why, here's an idea. Why not capture them before they get into the mountains? I mean, there has to be. They're, they're, it's not like they're teleporting they're over the mountain them. range. Get to them before because they the location the scouts found the mountain range. They got to use the mountain range. Right. And, well, Roman actually kind of gives, gives the ball to Tej. And they say, well, how are they going to get there? And Roman just says, Tom's got it. Tej has a plan for it. Which I, I liked in the whole, like, you know, I delegated. That's what well, leaders that's do. They so, delegate. Right. But but yeah. that's what's so great about the the writing is I think, like, even though you could argue that some of the characters are similar, especially in the way they were maybe introduced initially, like, everyone now kind of has their own, like, Roman kind of comes up with these outlandish ideas or, you know, kind of says what the audience is thinking, for example. But Tej is the one that kind of does the more MacGyver type, like his stuff is going to actually work, you know, yeah. as opposed to, to Roman, who's just like throwing it. Anyway, I just think that everyone is utilized really well, considering how many people they have to write in now. Yeah, I, I don't really remember that dynamic being a thing in the previous movies or i i don't really remember if the dynamic was was but um, tez and roman or yeah yeah but like certainly in the next two like there's kind of like Rose. yeah roman is kind of like the idiot and tez is kind of like the smart friend yeah like it's kind of like the pinky and the brain dynamic it's it good really nature is. but like yeah. they're definitely busting each other's balls yeah yeah for sure uh, anything, Vito? Anything you want to get off your chest? No, okay. no, no. I just, I, no, I, it, that Rome represents the Hollywood screenwriter in a pitch meeting. He's got nothing. <laughs> He's got nothing and he bullshits and the executives are like, this, it's like, Okay, Rome, what do you have for us today? And he's like, Raz. And they're like, Raz? And he's like, Razzmatazz. And they're like, Razzmatazz? I like it. And he's like, Razzmatazz, Jazzmatazz. And they're like, let's do it. And and we're like, nothing just happened. How did this guy sell his movie? And yet, yeah. go in with a plan. $100,000. You know, like, I. so Rome is always that guy that I hate in real life who just bullshits his way through everything. And he's like, see... I just came up with a plan, and it's like all you did was ask Tej to help. Yeah, yeah. You pointed at a mountain, and it said Tej will, and and everybody's like, "Wow, what a damn good leader! What a fine leader!" Pulling his weight, right? Uh, Mister Nobody says the garage is theirs to build in, and also that the last member of the team is here. Who? Okay. There's no reason why she wouldn't have been there with the initial group of people, other than it was more dramatic. For right. her to show up later. Right. No, it's that no timing. Sense. It's that timing that Mr. Nobody works on. 
Yeah, Lenny, just uh, go wait in the green room. We'll call you when we're ready. Just trust wait, me. Wait for your mark. Wait for your mark. For the most emotional impact. Uh, she goes to Dom and tells him she was looking for him everywhere. She notices his lucky cross necklace and seems to have some flashbacks. She asks him where he found it. Dom says it was in Han's car. It was left as a message. A message he plans on returning. How so and why would he have gotten back to him? What's that? Yes, I had that question as well. My other question was, why, if Dom's house exploded and he spent the last couple of movies looking for Letty, did he not bother to call her and go, Letty, I'm okay. I wasn't in the house. She's like, your house blew up. I looked everywhere for you. He's like, I was here with the guys. I mean... Well, stop sweating me, okay? Why are you always asking so many questions? It's like it was between movies. Your girlfriend and tell her you're fucking alive. Your house exploded. Is that is that where we left them? I mean, it's yeah. I guess I should have gone back and fucking rewatched the. the no, the, I mean it's like we're always we we keep joking. I think Anthony, you were the one who came up with the thing about how Dom's always trying to. He's always like, I love Letty, but he's always like trying to get away from her. Like, yeah. this is the perfect example of him being like, oh, my house exploded. You're I forgot so to I was alive. Yeah, like, yeah. why would you not call her? She'd be the first person you should call and be like, my house is gone. Don't worry, I'm alive. I'll get back to you later. She's like, I looked everywhere for you, Dom. I would argue that Letty knows that an explosion cannot kill Dom. Okay. So, She's point tried. Point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just a, an explosion. Now he's fine. It was just a house explosion. Yeah. yeah. What, what what I kept wondering during this scene, and again, it's been a while since we've we watched the rest of the movie. Um, how much of her memory does she have back? Like, is it all back, or like is so she what still? Needs. Yeah. It. That that's really confusing and, and kind of annoying. Like, you know, if you're gonna do the amnesia thing at a certain point, like you need to explain like the But it was only necessary for that film, and now I feel like they just have to refer to it every now and then. Right. I don't know. Yeah, have you guys annoying. ever ever looked up amnesia though? Um, it's a scientific requirement that amnesia goes away at exactly the moment that you're about to take on the villain in real life. Like, I mean it, it's like <laughs> In movies, like people have amnesia, and at the exact right moment, their brain turns back on, and they're like, and so. But they conveniently see something that triggers the memories. Right. You I know, remember yeah. everything, you know, and it's like, I don't know if that's how amnesia works, but I'd like to think in real life it would be like that too. You're on the bridge, guy pulls a gun, he's like, you, you traveled this far, you finally got to me, but now it's all over, and you're like, I remember, you're my dad, and then. Yeah, you're you're able to to now overcome thanks to the miracle powers of amnesia. That's how it Am works. Amnesia really puts things into perspective. Yeah, <laughs> if you can remember the too, too much perspective. Yeah. Uh, Zach, it looks like you froze, brother. You I'm asking. All right. What's that? That's okay. It's not a visual podcast. No, that's okay. It just got really weirdly silent for a second. You, you froze, but you're okay now. Oh, both of you guys froze for me. Whoa. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me that time is changing for each of us in a different way? Deja vu. Whoa. We're all back. Okay. All right. Dom asks if Letty can ride. She says, of course she can fucking ride. <clears throat> and that Han was her family too, I guess. You know, going to Anthony's point, does she even remember the guy? Did they, just, Han was did they ever meet? Too. 
Yes. I guess she. they were... God, this is terrible. I can't remember. Was he gone before they pulled their fucking heist? I guess they did pull a heist together, right? I can't fucking remember. Yeah. No, I, I don't think they did because, like, the, the fifth movie opens up. Han's not there. Like, Han gets recruited later on, right? No, he's in let, four, five, and six. He's in four, yeah. five, and six. He's in four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. leaves at the end of six to go to Tokyo, and then it moves into three. With Giselle. So okay. I think they, she would have met him after the amnesia. By the way, I think we just reenacted exactly what it's like to be in the writer's room on one of these movies. <laughs> the producer's just at the head of the table. Just fucking write it, guys. I don't give a shit. doesn't have I to make I should have watched it this weekend, but I was playing video games. Yeah, Vin, Vin Diesel's like, what? You wanted me to work out for this movie? You wanted me to learn my lines? Come on. Allegedly. <laughs> Dom starts barking out orders. He needs Brian to get him long travel suspension with limited slip differentials on all of them. He what tells Tej, mean? I have no fucking clue. He tells Tej to combine a muscle car with an armored Jeep. And he says, this time, it's not just about going. The fuck does that mean? It, but, well, it, I think he said it wasn't about speed, right? Because he, because oh, it's, Tej not, oh, that's it, right. it's not just about going fast. I'm sorry. Yeah, because Tej is yeah. like, yeah, and, and that was a perfect moment for somebody in the movie to go, now it's about being furious. But nobody did. That's exactly my thought, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the line that Dom says, he points to two cars, and he's just like, I want you to create, like, the demon love spawn of these two machines. And, and Ted should have been like, no, what, Bennett, what functionality do you need this to have? No, no, no. I, I just imagined like Tej like taking the two cars and just like pointing encouraging them, being like, fuck. "All right, yeah, you guys, fuck now." Like, I, <laughs> we need the demon offspring of you, you two guys, and or no, Roman says that, and then Tej walks up and this like, is horrible scene like, with with Tej going, "Man, it's so hard to get these these uh, cars to breed. It's like they yeah. don't like each other." I need more space <laughs> to paint this pentagram. <laughs> <laughs> put the car in it see and then that's how they open up the multiverse and the dinosaurs come through <laughs> now now it makes sense see that's because all dr strange is messing with his that's right magic yeah right. let's just all. combine all the universes all the franchises oh, they will eventually i promise you yeah. we're gonna see luke skywalker fight like dr doom someday it's gonna happen i'm not gonna like it but it's gonna happen i'm yeah. sad Next, we cut to the crew all sitting in vehicles. Roman seems to be giving himself a pep talk. They're on walkie-talkies, and Tej asks Roman if he's freaking out, to which Roman says no. Tej says if he needs to cry, to just cry, and that he took the liberty of leaving some adult diapers in Roman's glove compartment. I, no, yeah. no. I, I love when they make fun of Roman, not just because I'm not you know, a fan <laughs> of the character, but it's just like, especially mm. given how he was introduced, like as like the Dom replacement, like as like, you sure. know, this like very like infallible, like, you know, like joke quipping like, badass. Buddy. Yeah. And now like he's definitely the beta of the entire group. Like he's like the whipping boy. He's like. He's a delta, dude. He's not even a beta at this point. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like they're it's not like they're doing it with any malice you know what i'm saying it's like there's still 
he's getting ribbed, but I think it comes off as like, there's still like, you know, a love for the guy for lack of a better word. Um, and I don't know, like, I just, I, I, I agree with you. I think that they do do that, but it's almost like Roman is the one that can kind of take it, you know? And I mean, like from a script writing sense, like a character, right. like he can, he's like the dark him. knight. He's not the hero we need. He's the hero we deserve or whatever that is. Yeah. He's yeah. no, he is. He, it is. I do get the sense that it's more out of love. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like Dom is like, listen, you fucking moron. Do what I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, he's like, like they give him shit. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah, it, you pick on because you, he's just kind of fun to pick on. You know, you get the, the rise out of him. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's just funny going back to his first appearance, what he was supposed to be and like now what he's become because he doesn't fit that, you know, Vin Diesel character. He doesn't fit that badass, you, you know, like the two, the two, those two characters, right? So exactly. So they, Diesel, they, yeah, yeah they, they like, downgraded him. This guy, right? I, I don't think it nullifies or goes against his character. It, I mean, he's written from a different angle, but like, I think that sort of crazy ideas and like, let's do these outlandish. I mean, especially considering he's from the second film where they're jumping fucking ramps and get on boats and shit where it's like, it, it, I still feel like it kind of fits in a way. Well, you know, you know? It, it does. It does sort of make sense because haven't you ever had, haven't you ever had somebody, I've been this person, like I'll be in a certain group and I'm, I'm like the dominant personality. And then when I join another group, I can't get a word in edgewise and I feel like I'm completely whatever. So in the okay. second movie, he didn't have anybody to work off other than Brian. And so he didn't now have that they, there to fucking pick on there. Yeah. They're tempering him, I think, as opposed to him. So it does kind of fit because they're, they're basically putting him in his place he didn't have anybody to put him in his place until Mega Dom showed up, and you know yeah. Dom was the alpha. And then suddenly he's like, "Okay, now I've I've devolved into the beta. I'll, I'll get you your food, and I'll leave it here, and you eat, and I'll come back and eat later." You know, and and it's not really derogatory. It's just because there can only be one one alpha, which is why The Rock had to quit the franchise, right? Because in real life, you had two alphas battling for supremacy. So in a weird way, it does make sense psychologically and humanistically. Just from, again, I, like everyone's got to be slight, like just from a writing standpoint, I think if you have to include all of these characters, it's, you know, he does it in a way where they don't feel super redundant, even though I think maybe people that, you know, haven't seen these movies would assume they are. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you guys at all, but like it, it is just kind of funny, like thinking back of like he was supposed to replace Vin Diesel. You know, Vin Diesel was not going to come back and he, you know, Vin Diesel did come back. So now like you're taking this character that was obviously supposed to be a Vin Diesel stand in and downgrading him. And, and I would say it's a downgrade because like, you know, it, Roman doesn't have those badass moments. Roman now is like the comic relief. Like they tried to make him a badass in the second one. They did like they, and he, he was comical and, you know, we, Talked about the whole, you know, him ad-libbing a bunch of stuff that really didn't work. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I get what you guys are saying where, like, you can't have the two dominant personalities. Um, and I understand that from a storytelling point. Or you can, point. but they have to be dominant in a different way, I guess. It's like this finding ways to make the characters different enough that they have their own 
characteristics. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it, it's interesting because I, I love the scenes where Roman gets picked on. Um, they're, they're fun. And, you know, like I have my friends group, you know, where, where we have that person that, you know, we all joke about and, you know, everything. And, and I've been watching Jackass recently and I watched an interview with danger, uh, danger Aaron. And he's like, yeah, I'm the one that gets bullied on the set. Like I'm the one that gets picked on. I'm the one that gets, you know, nominated for like all the worst stunts. So like, you know, friends do have that dynamic. Um, and I recognize that, but like my, my whole point is like, it's kind of funny to just see that shift happen throughout the movies. Um, we'll be in a dress by Fast 10. They'll have him in a dress. <laughs> you guys sure? You guys sure this is going to work? Just put the makeup on and put shut Put the wig on Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be flirting with Terry Crews. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it'll, 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 uh, it'll all That's work. That's a scene I want to see already, buddy. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Would you say, though, that his transition has been believable for you? Yeah, I, I think it was gradual for sure. Um, like I, I really noticed them picking on him in the last movie and especially in this one. Um, I don't remember it so much in did he come back in four or five? I think he came back in five, right? I think it was five, yeah. That yeah. sounds right for the yeah. bank heist, yeah. Yeah. Some um, experts. We are we are the expert Fast and the Furious podcast, guys. Just ask us. We know everything. <laughs> Walking encyclopedias. Yep. Yeah, we know everything. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't remember it being, like, really a, a thing in 4. Like, I think... I definitely noticed that Roman was kind of pushed to the background. Um, you know, like... And that makes sense because it's an ensemble cast who, you know, a lot of egos and a lot of, you know, like, well, I need to be in the movie for this amount of time. You know, like, every scene I'm in has to go this long and stuff like that. Like that's all stuff that happens. We all know that as, as filmmakers and, and film connoisseurs, but um, I, I don't think he was like kind of the butt of the joke, if you will, until um, the, the sixth movie is when I like really noticed it, if I'm recalling correctly. And in this one, especially it's like, all right, like his, well, implies- his, Oh, go ahead. Well, it implies that they've, gotten comfortable with each other in a way you know that they can sort yeah of, so obviously in five they didn't really know we, they didn't really know rome right guys so, so it's gradual they're family but i i did think find it kind of interesting that you know like say every one of them got rich kind of off of the bank heist right right um they all kind of had to a degree, sort of noble reasons, you know? I mean, like, Brian wanted to support his family. Dom wants to support his family. Tej wanted to build a garage, you know, hypothetically to help people and stuff. And, like, it seemed like, even though there there were the two, like, prison dudes, the two reggaeton guys who have disappeared from the face of the earth, Rome was kind of the only one that was, like, just wanted to get rich and just, like, be a playboy and live the high life and, you know, do these kind of things. And I think like they all, even though they like him, they just kind of see him as just like this, like 
you know, fucking Roman. I don't know. Like, it, it seems yeah, like that's, that's why he's so fucking cranky because he doesn't get to live that life that he wants to live because he keeps getting roped into getting thrown <laughs> out of fucking airplanes. He's flying to fucking wherever, Spain, with six escorts and he turns <laughs> back around to go help. Right. Yep. Now, an idea just, or not an idea, but a thought popped into my, my head um, while you were talking, Zach. Um, so in the first one, like the character that kind of fit that role of like, you know, we're going to pick on him and stuff like that was, uh, was Vincent, right? Like, sure. Like Roman isn't the hothead that Vincent was, but it was kind of like, you know, like he's the person that you kind of pick on kind of the idiot, you know, like that's the, the one you get a rise out of. Right. Like, yeah. Vincent's yeah. dead. So we're going to need somebody else to pick on Rome. There you go. That's like yeah. a, from a, a deleted scene. Rome, you're the beta male now. But I, Rome, you're the beta male now. That no, they don't it. even call him Roman. They call him Vincent too. <laughs> Little Vin. Yeah. <laughs> Poor son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, they're all chitting and chatting on these walkie-talkies. And Mr. Nobody's also on the line. And he tells Dom that his plan could really make some waves. Sadly, they're not surfing into the rescue. Uh, it turns out they're all sitting in vehicles on a cargo plane, and the bay door starts to open. Dom backs out first, and his muscle car starts falling falling through the air. He's followed by Brian and everyone else, except for Roman, who's trying to convince himself that it's okay to back out. He tells Brian he can't but do not it. not back out. <laughs> it's okay but to back out, but not like back out. I think he's trying to convince himself to not feel bad for not doing it. He's like, it's okay. No, that's, yeah, that was the joke. Like, he doesn't want to back out of the plane, but he wants to back out. Never mind. Oh, I, explain I, the I joke it doesn't work. That is over my head. That's okay. Sorry. The, uh, that would be fucking terrifying, first of all. Uh, to jump, I mean, they had to, maybe that was what the weight deferentials or whatever the fuck he was talking about to keep the plane to keep the, the cars stabilized as they fell out of because like how do you not keep those cars from just flipping like toys right like how do you know it's going like we should have seen like some uh equations and diagrams like floating in front of dom's head when he was coming up with this plan you know like it's such a he's already thinking of these math equations and yeah yeah, it's, it's that's a beautiful shot when you see those cars. Like, th there's like a long shot of the plane and the cars flying out of it. It's if you really think about it, it really is. That's an absolutely daring thing to do. It's never been done in movies before. It's very, it's a very thrilling sequence. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would work in real life, but uh, but it's plausible yeah. enough that you're like, I mean. I don't know. For take the A team for example, where they had sort of a similar thing, but with a tank. And that yeah. seemed like it was crossing sort of a credibility line. I don't know. But for this, I was able to buy it. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a, I, I think it's a great sequence. I mean, I don't know how they got that out of Rome going here and Tez going, yeah, you know, like, Rah. like, like, I don't know where they came up with this idea. Like, but it's pretty, it, pretty fun. Like, I, I know that the, the scene was featured in the trailers, but like, you know, removing that, like the filmmaker's intention was probably like, if we reveal too much of this plan, like it's not going to blow people's minds too much. And they might even like preemptively think like that's stupid and kind of check out. But like, if you just go directly to 
what happens like you can kind of set aside like the fact that like this is stupid and implausible and just enjoy it as like oh that's a really cool idea like this is going to be a cool scene unlike um, showing a car tarzan itself across a seven thousand yep. foot you know thing in yeah. the trailer and may and people in the audience yelling that's fucking stupid like as they're watching the trailer which really happened in several movies that i saw before nine came out yeah but, but we're not talking about nine we're talking Cars about planes is is you can suspend your disbelief for that. I love the, the thing that I kept thinking was what would have happened if they would have all backed out and then all the cars just promptly just went cram, cram, and like rammed into each other midair and just like, you know, what's happening, you know? Right. Well, Roman <laughs> says that he's sorry. Sorry, what? I was, I was just thinking it'd be hilarious if Rome was the only one who survived it and he was just like, see, motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, he says Roman says he's sorry for letting them down, but it turns out Tej has also planned for this eventuality. He activates the parachute on Roman's car, which starts to suck him out of the plane. And that is sadly where our 15 minutes ends. And it goes back to you saying like most of this these movies can be like kind of contained within the the right? 15 yeah With like Roman that was perfect control. yeah like the the editing like i i stopped it immediately at 45 minutes like the second and it's just like a shot of like you know roman's car like just plummeting with the the parachute and i was like god like zach is so fucking Tune in next that. week <laughs> yeah what the hell them duke boys got themselves yeah. into now guess you yeah. tune in next week to find out Wee-hoo! Oh, it, it really is like a, a credit to the story beats and you know the the planning and the editing certainly of like you know these things happen within like a small kind of time frame that's digestible yeah so. i maintain that this one seven is still within these quality for for a schlock film series there it's very well done sorry Dude, Peter, james wan I mean, he's one of those like directors that came out of the the horror scene, and like I haven't really even even what was the the most recent one he did with the girl who's having the nightmares? Oh, malignant, malignant. Yeah, I, I wanted to call it insidious, but malignant is really stupid, but yet it works. I mean, he's he's, uh, he's yeah. somebody who can really pull that stuff off because he's got talent. And I mean, uh, he arguably invented the stupidest horror genre in recent memory, torture porn. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, I can't watch those movies. I, I they're too and, I, and I, I think the original Saw is good, but it did usher in. I like the Saw movies yeah. themselves, but like Hostel and all the you know exactly. the movies that are where it's just like, hey, there are rich people torturing, you know, yeah. poor people. I'm like, yeah, that that happens in real life. I don't need to watch that as a movie. But um, no, James Wan is super talented, dude. Like, I mean, if you really go back, did you do this one? Is this that, what's that? The, is this Wan? Seven. Yeah, James, James Wan did seven. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Justin Lin like appealed to him to do it. Wan didn't want to do it, but he did. And then he was supposed to come back for eight, and he turned eight down to do Aquaman. Right. And so they gave it to oh, F. Gary oh. Gray. Oh, um, but um, it's it's very interesting to me that uh, yeah, if you watch that sequence, um, Anthony, you're right. They show it in the trailer, the cars falling out. But if you watch mm. that sequence and you hadn't seen the trailer. 
it really is well done because they establish that they're that they're sitting there and that Rome is freaking out about something you don't know what it is and they're making fun of them and then the airlift door kicks open and you realize they're on a, on a plane that's, that's true. really yeah. well done because you're like it's a nice reveal yeah no one yeah that's freaking out yeah that's freaking out too yeah that's so, that that's my point in you know the the reasoning behind like not going into the full details of like the plan and just making it super vague like it was supposed to be like a cool reveal but you know the marketing team kind of ruined that by including it in the trailer won't be the last um, time no, you know, no the, the movie that that started that, unfortunately, was the Rocketeer. Back back in the day, you you youngsters, since I've got a decade on you, you youngsters probably don't remember that trailers legit never showed you everything up until the yeah, Rocketeer. Call teaser trailer. Well, it was, te- but yeah, they were. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and then and then the, when when the Rocketeer came out, this is a spoiler for anybody who has not seen the Rocketeer. But at the end of the film. The, the dirigible falls on the Hollywood land sign and it destroys land and it just says Hollywood. Well, it shows in the trailer for the, the Rocketeer, it shows the dirigible exploding and it pissed people off. There were, there were thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who wrote to, I think it was Disney that put it out or Touchstone, one of those, but they were angry because they were like, it ruined the ending of the movie for me. But after that movie trailers started showing you the endings. Like it's crazy. You'll watch like, cliffhanger right and in cliffhanger there's a scene where stallone runs and he jumps and this this impossible chasm and it shows him land on the other side and it's like that's the thrill of the fucking movie like why would you show him land but they show it now and well, i always say right. like if if empire came out today luke i'm your father would be in the fucking trailer yeah. yeah yes yes yeah because is, because i i will I, agree Zach, when you pointed out that Han should not have been in any of the trailers for for nine, oh yeah, that legit would have blown people. <clears throat> Excuse me, I won't give any spoilers for Doctor Strange, but like the fact that they showed some of the spoilers in the trailer yeah. really diminished the movie for me when I watched it because I there weren't any. I mean, again, I guess this is slightly a spoiler, but there weren't any other major surprises in the movie that. You know what I mean? So it was like it it really like watered it down immensely for me. I, I really wish they would stop showing shit in the trailers. It's it's fucking annoying. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I was I was talking about teaser trailers, but they, they still do teaser trailers, but a teaser trailer will be like what I would consider a trailer. You know, yeah. like here's a taste. You know, like a lot of times, like when I was growing up, a teaser trailer would be like a totally separate little 30 second short film almost. It's kind of getting yeah. you excited. It's a fucking teaser and it's not even in the film. Yeah. The one that comes to mind, uh, like you're talking about, is Jurassic Park. Do you guys remember the Jurassic Park teaser? No. Which, wait, the, for the very first one? The very first about? one. Yeah. The very first one. Him. I didn't like, I, I was in elementary school when that movie came out and I didn't know what Jurassic meant. Um, I, I didn't know. I, I'd never heard that word until the movie came out, but I remember going to a movie and seeing the teaser trailer and you can look it up. Uh, it's on YouTube. The teaser trailer is basically like diggers. It's, it's people in the caves, like, you know, and they find the Amber with the mosquito in it and they hold it up to the camera. And then it's just Jurassic park. That's it. And yeah, like, I, I, 
yeah and even though you know there's a obviously a, a t-rex skeleton in the logo like i didn't know it had anything to do with dinosaurs it was just like oh like you know they they dug something out of a cave like you know what what's that all about and then i remember being at the grocery store and they had a magazine where like it had the t-rex on it and it said jurassic park and i was like oh yeah i remember like you know seeing something about that i didn't know it had anything to do with dinosaurs and you know um, but like, yeah, like I miss that kind of stuff where they did do like the little short film, like that doesn't appear in the movie proper. Like, you know, um, one that I remember is uh, escape from LA, which was not a good film, but did you ever, do you remember the teaser for it? No, no, not you're at in all. The, you're in the theater, right? And they do mm -hmm. a couple of trailers and then they do uh and it, and it looks like it's going to be like just an announcement from the theater. It's like, there is no talking during the movie. There's no, you can't eat during the movie. And then it's like, it goes into more and more restrictive things. I forget what it is, but then it turns out that it's an ad for Escape from LA, you know, set in the sort of this totalitarian future. And uh, like, I thought that was really clever and just like little ways they could, you know, come up with to make it special. Yeah. And and it seems like there's a lot of fan films that, that do that kind of thing now. Um, like, and because it's the internet, like people like pawn them off as like official. Um, but one of the coolest ones I saw. That. Yeah. But one of the cooler ones I saw, which was obviously fan made, but like I wish they would have done something with it. And, you know, not to get into a whole Batman v Superman, Man of Steel argument, but like it was basically like a screen and it was very reminiscent of one of the first. You know what? Man of Steel did a trailer like that too, where it was like all the screens that are saying you are not alone. Um, yeah. Uh, but that. it was it was a play on that. And like it was like all the screens and it was just like, you know, like, you know, bring Superman to us. You are not alone. Like blah, blah, blah. We will destroy your planet. And it backs up and it, it's like Batman, like from behind, like, you know, with his cowl and everything like that. And I was like, dude, that would have been perfect if it was official and, and like, you know, actually not a, a fan film thing like just something like that where it's like it doesn't show anything about like any footage from the movie it just sets up the mood it sets up the tone it sets up make you me know. want to hear more that's it. right yeah and that's a that's a lost art with trailers because now it's just like you know the more we show the more people want to see it's like no like that's not the case at all like I, I have to say one of the greatest modern teaser trailers is for the, do you guys, have you seen the documentary comedian with Seinfeld? Mm -hmm. No. Have you seen the teaser trailer for it? I'm sure I have. I have it on DVD, but I can't. It's, it's really brilliant. I'm not going to spoil it for the people at home, but honestly look up the teaser trailer for Jerry Seinfeld's comedian. It's basically, um, it's a recording booth and that the famous guy, the voiceover guy, it's him going into the booth to promote Jerry Seinfeld's movie and fucking up. And it's, you just have to see it. I don't want to spoil the jokes. It is, it is fucking hilarious. It is. And it has nothing to do with the movie at all. It's just promoting it. And it's, it's such a great setup for the, for the movie. It's amazing. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Uh -huh. Great movie. We did it, fellas. Wow. Yeah, we that, was, did. that was one of those Pulp Fiction awkward pauses there for a second while we sipped our... I thought, I thought it'd be a good time to jump in and say, hey, we're back. We're going to finish this fucking franchise, damn it. That's what we said last time. Begrudgingly. <laughs> I mean, now, now, that, now that we've seen eight and nine 
Well, because now we've we've conquered this sort of Zoom. Not we're not on Zoom, but you know we don't have to do this in person, which I think was a big sticking point, just because you know of the distance and, and everything. But right. we wanted to do it in person, like we like. Well, of course, we I mean, always we always liked doing it in person yes. better, yes. you know. And but it's the time of like scheduling and driving and. Yeah, it's it's a bummer that we can't, but you know, like we we can bring on guests. I mean, we so we can't can... now, right? Since since the pandemic is kind of over. Yeah, but Anthony still lives an hour and a half away. Move to L.A., Anthony. I, I don't want to come back to hell. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I'm sure there will be opportunities where we can meet up and and do it in person but that was a big reason why we kind of went on our hiatus like we were very adamant that we wanted to do it in person we had a place that was great to record no one really hassled us and that that's out of business no now. yeah though i wonder if they would have any problem with us meeting up and sitting out there i mean it, the building is pretty much abandoned so we might have know. to move some homeless people out of the way I mean, so i'm always willing to if anthony's <laughs> If, if Anthony's willing to drive up, I'm willing to drive over there for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, when I can and, and when I have the funds to do it, because gas is ridiculously expensive nowadays. Um, exactly. But yeah, thing, yeah. I, I I would love to, to keep it going and, and be as consistent as possible. But, you know, to our, our listeners, for, what is that? Do we want to aim for every week or every other week? Maybe it's a little more doable. Uh, maybe consistent. like twice a month or something like I, I i don't know something just that that's reasonable within our schedules and stuff like that but um you we know just this for the people and for the anthony ray bench fans out there that's right yeah all 13 of them um <laughs> they demand it you'd be surprised at the number of people who write to me and go where the fuck is anthony man yeah and i don't know how they got Vito's email yeah or why they're not writing you because i I, I write Vito's email and phone number <laughs> on every bathroom stall I, you know, I use. For a good so. time, email Vito. <laughs> no, no, no. They were calling me because they liked me. This is, this is horrible. <laughs> Can you imagine getting that random call? Hey, is this Vito? Yeah. Hey, I, uh, I heard you like to have a good time. Yeah, I do. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, how awkward would that be? I got, I got some board games uh, if you're interested. <laughs> I'll be right over. Willikers. What a what a what a thoughtful thing to do. A total stranger invite me over to have a good time. That's right. <coughs> we'll we'll continue to have a good time. I hope with with for real this time. Uh, I know we've made some outlandish claims on this podcast of things we might or might not do. We no longer time. we no longer make the claims of of. Hey guys, in two weeks we're gonna have the director of Too Fast to Be, and he's dead. Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. We. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but I think I think it's where we are gonna make a concerted effort to uh, keep this shit going. Yeah, we've made it I, this far, right? We have. We we gotta finish it, and you know, if, if like the they actually tell the truth and like you know. 10 is the end um or you know like aren't they doing like uh 10 10 in two parts yeah okay so whenever this franchise ends and we get to that point and the podcast celebrates the last episode you know 
in 10 years, there's going to be a reboot and, and we'll be older. We'll be more grisly and gray. So don't delete this podcast. But we will come back and it'll be on the same feed. So, That's you know. Dude, can you imagine the series has to end with like Dom dying? He has to sacrifice himself to save the family. And then his son will be like 20 years old at that time. And he'll be like, I love you, dad. That'll be a shot of him shaving his head and uh, and then stepping out. <laughs> like of Brian yeah, he's going to be out in like a muscle tee and, and like Brian's sister will be with him. And it'll be like the all new reboot, you know. No, with, I have a better idea. Than no that. one cares about. I, I have a better idea, okay? I, of course, because that's a terrible idea. I'm not, I didn't think that was a good idea, just for the record. Buckle in for this, right? So at the end of 11, Dom sacrifices himself. You know, he, he dies. So in the beginning of the reboot, they use the remains of his body and combine it with dinosaur DNA. And at the at the very end credits, it shows someone digging in his grave, and they pull out an amber, and there's like the necklaces in the amber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Yep, yep. That's gonna that's gonna be how they they cross over. Yeah, it's like Vinicius is gonna be. Yeah, he's gonna be part dinosaur, and and he's gonna like move around like a raptor, and it's gonna be like a heavy terrible. raptor. It'll be like yeah. a really heavy raptor that shows up late to set. And makes his directors quit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, before we come up with too many uh, alternate Fast and Furious uh, scenarios, let's let's let the people go home and invite them back soon for another episode of So Fast, So Furious. Are, are we going to say bye? We usually say bye. I'll say bye. No, that was bye. good. I liked I liked how we uh, how he ended it. Goodbye. Bye. Well, I guess Bye, now everyone. we have to say goodbye. Bye. Stay well, fella. This goodbye. is like this is like when you're hanging out with people and you're all like goodbye, and then you all walk in the same direction. No, you hang up we first. Just, we just did that to our audience. We 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 ended the podcast. They all started walking away, and they all collectively walked with us. And now it's awkward, and we're all like opening up our cars and like going back. Yeah. yeah. Bye again. See you later. Bye.